we're talking about wisdom, and wisdom really does trump it all. We need wisdom. But here's the amazing thing is you need a little bit of wisdom to know you need more. There are a lot of people living, they don't have even a little bit of wisdom to understand how important wisdom is. And that's why we say wisdom trumps it off. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it costs all you have, get understanding. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. It, it's really leading us to this understanding that, boy... I don't even know, in some ways, I don't even know what wisdom is. So Holy Spirit, help me know what it is. Help me to have wisdom. Give me, give me the path to get to wisdom. Uh, the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. It's reverencing and honoring God that you, you honor and you revere him to the point of like everything I need in life comes from him. And so I'm going to seek him. And that's the beginning of wisdom. It's not wisdom. People have said wisdom is the fear of the Lord. No, 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 no. The beginning of wisdom, it all starts from first having an attitude that seeks the Lord, that fears, reveres and honors the Lord. So you just say, I honor you to come before you to say, God, you have everything I need. James 1.5, which we'll say again in this, this message, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God and he'll give it to you generously without finding fault. He, he's not looking for reasons not to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. So this whole message, and I hope this whole series, you've seen, as I've even preached, the Holy Spirit sitting here going, it's right here. Like, I want to give it to you. Just start asking for it. Just start asking for it. I want to give it to you. You have not because you ask not. So today what I want to talk about is the wise live a teachable life. And, and some of you are thinking, oh, Great. Right? But if you want to be a better parent and you, you want to grow in your parenting, you need wisdom. You need to be teachable. If, you want to, if you're a business person and you want to do better businessing, you, you, you become teachable. Some of the greatest business leaders I've ever had an opportunity to be around. In fact, um, I was just in a service in Richfield, just came from there. And, um, and for those who don't know, because some of you wonder why I take off off the side here, it's because I'm going to Apple Valley from here and then back to Richfield. Um, but I was just in one, and we have one of the uh, great leaders. of he, he was a leader at Kraft Foods, a vice president at Kraft Foods. I mean, incredible leader. And the dude is so teachable. Like, he's just... He just wants to, he's always learning. And there's, it's a characteristic of some of the most successful leaders I've been around and be able to be around is they ask more questions than they give advice. They want to know more. They keep asking. And, and for people, there's so many people that want to do it on their own. And here's the problem. You can do it on your own and you can get some level of success on your own, but there's a lid and you will never go past that lid. You'll never go past that point until you realize that you need to be teachable. That, that there's an attitude of people in the kingdom of God. And for those that are new, and i got to rehearse this on Sundays for anyone who's new. There's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of the world. When you became a believer in Christ, what Jesus said is, you're going to a place, you're leaving the kingdom of the world and you're entering a new way of thinking, the kingdom of God, which is a different way of thinking. It's a different culture. It's a different mentality. Every day as believers, we should be repenting. 
not saying sorry for what we did because that's not repentance. But every week we should be growing and repenting, which means changing the way we think about everything in our life. Like I repented of that because I used to think people were the obstacle. Now I see them as the objective. Now, now I see people as the object of God's love and therefore should be the object of my love. And, and, and it's the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, people in the kingdom of God celebrate this attitude of learning, of being teachable. And some would say, well, isn't it, Pastor, I, I respect you because you preached on honor last week. But, <laughs> but, but isn't it the tree of knowledge that got everybody in, in trouble? Isn't it the tree of knowledge that's the sin? No, friend. It's when you make knowledge the source to becoming life in you. It can never be the source to giving you life. The tree of life is the source. But God never said the knowledge was bad. Knowledge plugged into the power source does incredible things. So when Christ is my source, because how many know if you're going to honor people you don't think are honorable, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you. Right? You can't honor people you don't think are honorable in your own self. It's impossible. And if you think this whole Christian thing is about doing it all in yourself, no wonder you struggle with it. No wonder it's such a burden to you. It really is when you, get, when you come to the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, help me with this. You ask him to, that all of a sudden you begin growing in those areas of your life. So he wants us to be teachable. But... What's interesting, what really leads into this struggle for the life of a leader, because God wants us to be teachable, is pride. Number one, pride. Pride really plays a part in this. God opposes the, but he gives grace to the, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the message. But just, just remember, if Satan can get you to operate in pride, he stopped you from having any impact. Because the only impact you're going to have is with the power of anointing of the Holy Spirit. But if you're operating in pride, it just stops. So I would, I would encourage you, and I'll say this again. When you wake up in the morning and, and some of you are thinking, I'm not doing that. But we should, what we should do, if we recognize that humility unleashes God's unmerited favor in my life, wouldn't... No, Siri... Sorry. Siri goes, I don't have an answer for that. And that's because you're not the Holy Spirit. Shut up. <laughs> Siri is not very teachable. The, the, <laughs> uh, the, now what was I saying? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, so here, if, if God's unmerited favor, we believe it can, it can change everything in our life then wouldn't it be humility that we should ask God for every day? When you wake up in the morning, you go, good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for watching me through the night. Thank you for guarding. If you, by the way, if you have dreams that you don't want to have, you have nightmares, you should ask the Holy Spirit to protect your thoughts and mind. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. It will, he will literally guard the unconscious thoughts of your mind. It's, it's pretty powerful. Tell, teach your kids this. But, but if it's God's unmerited favor that we recognize I needed my life more than anything, why wouldn't we, when we wake up, say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Will you help me to be humble today? Will you, will you teach me what humility is today? 
Will you help me to walk in that? Because I want to, because it confronts the pride that we don't even recognize that's in our life. Here's number two. We have poor listening skills. If, if, if you know, we don't want to be teaching because we're, we're just poor listening. We don't like to listen. We'd rather be talking. Um, if I'm going to be a learner, I have to work on my listening skills. I got to learn to know what it is to listen. And number three, we often lack adventure. We, we lack desire for adventure because when you learn and you become a learner, you start to go places and do things to know what it is like, to experience what it's like. And learners try all kinds of new things they've never tried. So they can say, one, they've done it and experienced it and now know what that's like to do that. Where people are like, I'm not learning. They don't want to experience all that. They just want chicken noodle soup and grilled cheese every day for lunch. They don't ever want to try Indian food. Right? Okay, maybe not. Here, here's here's uh, foolish talk. I want to talk about some foolish talk because when we're not teachable, we tend to talk foolishly. We can grow in every area of our life when we learn to be teachable. 26 of the 31 chapters in Proverbs talk about being teachable. 10 of the chapters start with the topic of teachability. Like, you really can't read the word if you're not going to approach it in a teachable way. Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise are glad to be instructed, but the babbling fools fall flat on their face. I mean, let me read that again. Because no one amended it, and I just figured I'm... I'm Proverbs 10.8, the, wi- the wise are glad to be instructed... That's the part I wanted you to amen. The other part's just funny. But babbling fools fall flat on their face. I would rather not admit it, but I've been a babbling fool a few times. Probably a few more than I want to admit. In fact, a lot more than I want to admit. Been the babbling. But, but look at the part that really is important there. The wise are glad to be instructed. It doesn't say the wise allow themselves to be instructed. The wise look for ways. It says that they're glad when they're instructed. How many just love it when someone gives you instruction? Seriously, think about this for a moment. We often make it easy for the enemy to stop us in areas of our life. And then we ask God, God, why aren't you helping me? And God says, I tried to. I brought people in your life to bring you instruction to help you, but you resisted it because you didn't want it, because you didn't want to hear from somebody. There are three types of babbling fool, though. There are three types of babbling fool. The first one is the know-it-all. And just so you know, um, I I realize these three types are nobody in this room. So nobody in this room is going to relate with this, but I'm sorry. i got to share it for the people who are watching online. (laughs) Three types of babbling fool. Here's the first one is know-it-all person. This is the person that you could have a discussion about rose bushes, driverless cars, building a house, pastoring a church, building a bridge, and reading poetry, and they would already know everything that needs to be known about it. You ever met that person? We think we're always right Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is what? Safe. 
I, I've been in a place, I'm going to share something. I've been in this place where I realized in that moment I had made some bad decisions that I thought were good decisions. And I remember, I can tell you right where I was sitting, I remember sitting there realizing that the gift of wi- that God had given me wisdom. And, and in the last few decisions I made, they were not good. And I realized in that moment, I had stepped out of the source of wisdom. And I was scared to death to make another decision. Even though I had all the knowledge I needed to make that decision, I realized I had lost the divine. And, and in that moment, the, the one pursuit I had was not to figure out how to make that decision. It was to figure out how to get back in God's wisdom. How many have experienced that? It's a scary place when you don't have the wisdom of God. It's scary because you realize that I've made a lot of great decisions that have made me look good, <laughs> but it's really with God's help. That it wasn't out of my intelligence, that it was out of God's help. And you have to be careful in making the decisions you're making because the wise listen to those who know what they're talking about. We need people in our life who know what they're talking about. If you're parenting, and this is the one thing I think has happened, we become very insecure parents. Like if anyone gives me advice about my kids, it's like they're rejecting me or they're, or they're attacking my parents. Rather than, than, than saying, you know, they cared enough about sharing with me some things. Now, it doesn't mean you take all the advice that they give you. But it's important to stop to consider what they're saying. Because maybe even when you think they're wrong, they might be right. But we live in a generation that thinks they know it all. We know everything. And, and we're 18. You don't know what you, that's right. You don't know what you don't know. Been there, done that, people. A babbling fool number two has been there, done that. Right? My wife and her sister went up, and uh, I, they never were going to, but my daughter, Mackenzie, and I, at 18, she wanted to skydive. So I said, I'll go skydiving with you. So we, we were in Phoenix, in, in Casa Grande, and we went skydiving. And, uh, and then... Somehow, I convinced my wife in a very weak moment to do it with her sister. <laughs> and, uh, and, and before she could turn it down, I had already bought her spot on the plane to do that. So she couldn't now. And then I'm not letting, as soon as she opened the door, I was like, they're doing that. And, and they were freaking out the whole time, the whole time before. And then they did it. And um, they, they land. And when you do that, there is a rush that happens when you jump out of a plane. I mean, you're floating through the, there's this rush you get, and they came off, and they're very expressive people. Heather and her sister are like twins, 12 years apart, but they're, some of you've talked to her sister thinking you were talking to Heather. That's how much alike they are. They look alike, every aspect of it. And, and uh, when they came over, uh, they were talking about how great it was, and it's, yeah, I did that. It wasn't that good. And, and I found, and, and I became one of those babbling fools that like, yeah, I've done it too. It wasn't that great. And there are people who do that, that always diminish what someone does because it's like they don't want to celebrate with the person over it. They want to say, well, I've done it too. And it's a very insecure place. It identified an insecurity in me that, that I have with my own wife. 
is you'd be shocked at what you'll find when those things happen in your life. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. You want to know your problem in your marriage? That's a great verse. A lot of times, we don't care what they, we don't want to understand why they're coming from where they're coming from. We just want you to know what I think. And if we would stop and first try to understand what they're saying, we might discover we agree. The number of things we fight over and we agree on them, whether it's in marriage or in relationship or at work, you should first listen to where they're coming from and understand that's exactly where they're at before you then share what you think. And share your opinion. Then the last bumbling fool is the one-upper. How many know the one-uppers? How many are bumping in the side a one-upper right now, right? You know, you climb Mount Kilimanjaro and you do it. And you climb to the top and you're telling a group of people, yeah, you know, we climbed Kilimanjaro. It was pretty exciting. We saw all the things, Kenya and Tanzania. We used, and now all the animals, you can see all of it. Someone says, oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I climbed Mount Everest in flip-flops <laughs> with no oxygen. And when I was up there, a dove came and rested upon me. It's a crazy spiritual experience. Now I want you to stop. Because everything I just shared with you is all being spoon-fed to you on social media. And it's become part of our culture. And I just said no one in this room struggles with this. That's because all of us in this room struggle with this. Why? Because it's what we're told from when we're little children. We, we want up. When we tell a story, someone tells something. If we got a story that's one greater, we're there to tell it with such ease and no consideration. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? But that's not the world we're part of. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Yeah, you think your way is right. If you didn't think it was right, you wouldn't believe it. But wise people, they don't deny what they think is right. A wise person says, I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, and what I believe is right is wrong, then I want to understand why you think that. Please tell me why you see it that way. I want to understand your perspective on that. Rather than just listen to people who reinforce what I think is right that could be wrong. That's why... It's interesting to me because when people, it always worries me a little. Well, I did church. Well, why? Because everything they say, I believe. <laughs> if we're not sharing some things with you that you don't believe, we're really not doing our job to challenge some things that are there because how many know all of us believe lies? Every one of us. There are things I preach today that I, I, I literally had someone um, from the church we were at that came and visited us, and he was just parroting something that I had taught him earlier on in ministry. And as I'm listening to him, I'm like, dude, I lied to this guy. 
And I'm like, dude, that's not really the truth. Here's the scripture. And he was struck. Like I had given him this, this teaching, and I realized that what I had been, because I had believed something that was wrong. That's why even when I come to this, I'm like, Holy Spirit, you need to guard my mouth so that I don't do that. And when you're teaching, all of you are teaching your kids, you're teaching someone. When you're, you have to say, Holy Spirit, help me know the lies. And he will never reveal a lie, but he will reveal the more powerful truth that will change the lie that's holding you back. Your destiny will be impacted by your teachability. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser let those with understanding receive guidance. Let those with understanding receive guidance. So two questions you've got to ask yourself. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who, who are you listening to? Who are the people in your life that are, that are helping you with whatever area of your life? If you're, it's a parenting, we do marriage mentors. And we try to find people who are willing, who, who have raised children and done it well, to mentor young parents. Uh, they just spend time with them or marriage, a marriage mentor helping them with marriages and their marriage and how to relate with each other. We, we, there are people who are business people that you can search out and say, I, need, I just have some questions I want to ask you and you can learn from them. There's all kinds of people you can learn from if you're looking for people to learn. If you want to be wise and you're willing to ask that you're not going to... Get, mentorees pursue the mentor. The mentor doesn't pursue the mentoree. If there are people in your life that you know have been successful in ministry, don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. Uh, first, three years, first three months of ministry, um, uh, my, we went to Michigan, St. Joe, Michigan. Benton Harbor, actually, is where we were at. And uh, I grew up in a, in a pastor's home, evangelist home. And so I knew everything there was to know about ministry. I was well-versed in it. I knew all about it. I was very wise, had full understanding, nothing really to learn. I went to North Central University that successfully equipped me with anything that I had not already learned. I learned. By 22 years old, I knew everything. <laughs> there is no dangerous person in the world than a 22-year-old boy. <laughs> who thinks they know everything. <laughs> and, and I went there, and boy, did I know everything. And on a Sunday morning, I got up, and I was just, uh, I was broadcasting my wisdom to the congregation uh, after the worship service. I was doing my thing, and a few people would come up, and they would say, that was really good, that was a good word. And uh, three months in, Pastor Dan Miller, who was here last week, um, or actually a couple of weeks ago, he, uh, he brought me in his office and uh, he said, James, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, sure. And we go in and I'm expecting him to affirm that I have really added to the anointing on Sunday mornings and by my great wisdom at 22, I really was. And he goes, hey, um, on Sunday mornings, do you think what you say makes any difference in the service? And I said, well, pastor, I'm glad you asked. I do. I really feel it's... Added, this is a true story. True story. And he looks at me and he shakes his head and he goes, well, it doesn't. And I'm like, well, pastor, I would disagree with you. 
uh, respectfully disagree. I just, uh, people have come up to me and told me that I've done good. And I said, they're only doing that so you're, you don't feel like you're a failure and quit. I said, you're not making any difference. In fact, you're hurting the service. You need to shut your mouth and learn. Now, in that moment, if I said that in this culture and day and age, what do you think would happen? Most people run because that person doesn't respect what I know about myself. But in that moment, I knew, in that moment, I knew that uh, I needed to listen. I had to check my heart. I was pretty angry with him. I was pretty upset with him. But I had to check my heart. And I had to ask myself, is, and my wife was quick to affirm him. So I was mad at her, too. Do, do you get what I'm saying right now? Like, they're not trying to hurt me. I had to come to the point, why would they want to hurt me? I think some of us think that there's this, this thing against us. Wisdom is knowing that if, if I'm going to be teachable, I have to learn. And we don't always want to know what people are saying. I had to have a heart check in that moment. And it never feels good when someone's giving you unsolicited advice. Ever feel good. I had someone tell me, <laughs> Pastor, why is it? Because they said they were a small group leader. And he goes, you know, I've been giving them all this advice, and they never do anything I'm telling them to do. And I tell them all the stuff they're supposed to do. He says, I don't understand why nobody listens to you. And they, they just do whatever they want, even then they come and ask you advice, and they never do. And I said, you don't? He goes, no. I said, really? Hmm. Do you know how many times I've given you advice, and you never do what I say? We often reject advice because we don't see the value in it. We don't consider it. So a listening heart is one. It has to be humble. If you're going to be a listening heart, if you're going to be teachable, you've got to be a listening heart. And you have to be humble. Listening is a treasure hunt to discover if there's something I don't know or is there something to be discovered. Not a, there's not a lot of difference between humility and humiliation. Except one lifts you up and one tears you down. One destroys you, one lifts you up. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but humility comes, with humility comes what? With wisdom. That's why in the morning you wake up, you say, Lord, give me humility. I want to be humble. Help me to be humble. Help me to talk to people with humility. Help me, Lord God. Holy Spirit, you, because without them, it's It's impossible. Here's the second thing a listening heart does. It desires to grow. It wants to grow. It wants to move past the point. You know, um, there is a point where, where we, we have to want to change. And we love change as long as it doesn't include me. As long as I don't need to change. Because how many know change without the Holy Spirit is hard. And it requires me to go to Him. To, and, and, and I'd just rather keep things the way they are. I just, I'd just rather just keep it the way it is. There's a book called Deep Change. And one of the premise in this book is, we love change as long as it doesn't involve me. As long as I don't have to change. As long as I don't need to depend and grow on, on other people to sharpen me. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, sharpening requires heat, friction, pressure, and sweat. Uh, 
there's an interesting thing. Have you ever noticed that at, in sporting events that you don't see cheerleaders at girls' events, but you see them at guys' events? It's like guys need cheerleaders, but girls don't. Like girls just get it done. They don't need you to cheer them on. They just get it done. Guys are like, we ain't doing anything unless we can show off. It's crazy. It's true, right? But, but in our life, we all need cheerleaders, People who support us, people who encourage us, people who celebrate us, people who tell us we're doing great. But cheerleaders will never get you to where you need to go. Every single person in here needs a coach. Every single person in here needs somebody that growth is not always pleasant, but it's necessary. You need a coach. They will tell you what you need to hear to get you to where you want to go. Who's the coach in your life? Who's coaching you? Who's, who's discipling you? Who's the person that says things to you that you don't want to hear, but you know they're right? They don't let you live in the deceptive perception that you have of like, this is just the way it is. You know, life 360s, a life 360 is when everybody who knows you takes a survey about you because we all have a perception of who we are and we love our perception of us, but we hate these surveys where everybody else um, without without us knowing who they are, fill out the survey about their perception of who we are. And then when it's all done, they put it into a form and they set it on your desk and you get to look at it and see how everyone else perceives you. How many want to sign up? Yeah, there's some who'd say, yeah. The, the reality is, a lot of people say, I just rather live in my own perception, whether it's true or not. I like just believing what I believe. There is no desire for growth. Wisdom causes us to grow. Listening heart causes us to grow. Listen, here's the third one. Listening heart will embrace correction. No one likes correction. No one likes correction. E, over the, um, if I told you over the last few years, we've actually had a, a profile of you. We're going to share what it is at the end of the service. Many of you are like, I'm skipping out before. I don't really care what that has to say, right? We have to understand that correction is not rejection. Proverbs 12.1 says, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Stupid to hate correction. Proverbs 12.1, to learn, you must love discipline. You must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. If I'm willing to embrace pain of correction to see the results of growth, am I willing to see that? So a teachable person, a teachable person, Proverbs 13, 13 says, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will what? How many want to succeed? Half of you, good. The other, just rather, just, just, just trying to make it through life. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. The instruction of the what wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of what? Death. So there, here are the four quick things. One, learners initiate. Learners initiate. What could I do better? Learners initiate. They go out and they try to find people that they can learn from. So if you want to be somebody who operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you go find people who are operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You go to them and say, teach me. I'm not here to tell you what I already know. I want you to show me. I want you to teach me. Just 
just, I'm not in this competition to prove who knows more. I want to learn. They initiate. They go find people. What could I do? What could I be doing better? Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine if you went to your boss tomorrow morning and you walked into his office and he said, you know what? Um, our pastor's talking about wisdom. And something I realized is I haven't really ever sat down with you. Could you help me? Could you teach me how to be a better employee? Could you show me how to do my job the way it's supposed to be done? Could you help me with that? I think after your boss got up off the floor and back in his chair, he might promote you. Because the learners are people that say, will you tell me how to do Imagine it, imagine this, imagine this. And I realize some of you are going to send me very mean emails after this. Imagine if you went to your spouse and you said, how could I be a better husband? Just tell me, like, what could I do to be a better at husbanding you? I, I, I just, I'm open to it. I'm teachable. Rather than them telling you what you're doing wrong and ended up in a fight, what if, what if you said, I'm going to work, I'm going to work on this. There's some things I want to work on in our marriage. So help me to understand how I can be a better wife. What could I do to be a better wife in this relationship? Then, then uh, James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask generous God and he'll give it to you. He will. Learners implement. Learners implement. So once you initiate, you implement. You do it. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourself. Actually implement it. Do it. We must understand that we are dependent on the Holy Spirit to enable us to do it. So we say, Holy Spirit, I want to be a better husband. This is what my wife's asked me to do to be a better husband. So will you enable me to start being that? Will you change me? Will you be the source that changes that? What would our marriages look like if we started to asking the Holy Spirit to implement in our life something that she's revealed to us as husbands and as wives. It, did it get quiet in here? It's like, you know, when lightning strikes and then they get that dead sound, did it? Does this make sense? Here's the, here's the third one. Learners improve. Learners improve. Encouragement feels good, but correction inspires growth, and you improve. And then lastly, learners inspire. Learners inspire. Other people see that happening, and then they do that. You know, our children will be more teachable when we are teachable. I want to I end on this last, this last point, and I'm done here. I've had, I've had... Many, many people where we talked about counseling have done a lot of counseling, marriage counseling, mostly marriage counseling over the years. But there have been, there's been counseling with parents saying, how do I handle my kids? And they'll say, they'll say something like this. And this isn't to put anyone in the spot. And, and, and uh, I, I'm not saying it that anyone should feel condemnation because you really shouldn't. But you need to understand the concept of what this says. Our children will be more teachable when we're, more, when we're teachable. When a parent says, I just don't understand why my kids won't listen to what I'm telling them. You have to understand the concept that your kids are a mirror. Reflecting back to you what you are. Like your kids then accidentally become unteachable. 
they just became mom and dad. If you're unteachable, your kids will mirror back to you the attitude you have to advice you get your children. But if you, if you receive advice and you, they will see you do it, you're teaching your children to be teachable. So when a parent says they're just so undisciplined, I'm like, you don't know why? Like mom and dads, like they're, they're impressionable. We, we make an impression on them. They are watching us. And, and the Holy Spirit can deliver you from the actions of your parents. So if you're here and say, yeah, I demonstrate what my parents are. The Holy Spirit can change you. They can transform you, right? But you have to teach your children in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Because we're teaching them how to respect people. If I respect people, they will, because I've showed them how to do it. This is how you respect people. If, they're, if I'm teachable and they see me being teachable, they're going to learn what it is to be teachable, and they'll see me succeed. Like, you make a difference in the life of your children, and they're watching even when you don't realize it. They're watching you, and they're going to follow it. So the habit of a teachable spirit produces a life of consistent wisdom. A, a hab, the habit of a teachable spirit produces a life of consistent wisdom. Proverbs 19.20 says, Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. So what is it we're demonstrating? Do we pursue wisdom? Because we can teach our kids to pursue wisdom. It'll be a whole lot better than just learning math. Although that's important. But biblical things are the things that set them through, free, not shooting a basketball. There are things that are important, but there are more important things. Right? Will you stand? I want to give you an opportunity to just say, Holy Spirit, I'm hearing what he's saying up there, but I've lived a long time the way I've lived, and I don't know how I can change. I don't understand how I can change. Old dogs... Don't learn new tricks. Leopards don't change their, their, their spots. I think that's the saying. Right? But this is, that's why we believe in a supernatural God. We don't believe that's true because we believe when the Holy Spirit is in our life, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be transformed. Do you believe that? So I can be transformed from someone who knows it all or is a one-upper, or is insecure, I can become someone that the Holy Spirit changes into someone who's teachable and wise. Do you want that? Do you want that? You got to want it first. Do you want it? If you want it, the Holy Spirit says, it's right here. I got all the wisdom you need. It's like right here. I want to give it to you, but you got to ask. You got to ask. You ready to ask? Because something supernatural is going to happen today. I believe it. It's such good news, right? Such good news. Right now, close your eyes and just say this with me. Father, I am asking that you will help me to become more teachable. I want wisdom today. Will you give it to me, Lord? I believe you will.